Hello, welcome to the first episode of the Philadelphia Solidarity Broadcast. This is mainly going to be a politics podcast surrounding mutual aid, projects around town, protests, and governmental news, whether that's in the state of PA or the municipality of Philadelphia. Um, I, plain and simple, I really dislike long podcast introductions, and I'm sure you do too, so I'll try to keep this fairly uh, short. But the main reason I'm starting this podcast is because I don't really feel like there's anything like what I want this podcast to be out there right now. Um, I suppose a good example would be there's the Philly Liberation Center. They have their project up right now. It's a podcast covering Philadelphia news called the Philly Liberation Radio. And they do an amazing job. I totally, you know, I'm not like slighting them in any way. I just think that I want this podcast to really focus and be a weekly update on mutual aid that's going on around the city. And, you know, something relatively short and simple that anybody could really listen into and hear the events on the calendar, you know, when there's certain deadlines for mutual aid to be met how different projects are doing around town, what are the updates on them, what what protests are upcoming. That's mainly what I want this podcast to be. And I'll start it in a little bit longer, but also I just want to add that um, I'm also starting this podcast because I feel like this is probably long overdue. Um, there's a ton of mutual aid projects in Philly that are starting up as well as all across the country and it's amazing and it's really great um at the same time I also think that there's a lot of things that aren't being seriously talked about and what I mean by that is you know of course there's always going to be Nazis in the country unfortunately (laughs) I think that Mutual aid is probably a really big symptom of the way that Philadelphia has been for quite some time. You know, it it's normal that 25% of people living in Philadelphia are living below the federal poverty line, 10% of which are living underneath the deep federal poverty line. It's normal that we don't know where our taxes are going. It's normal that we don't know what laws are being passed. You know, it's normal that a neo-Nazi group, the Keystone State Skinheads, recently, back in, I believe it was 2018, they assaulted a black man. And people from that group that has been active in PA for quite a long time, I believe 20 years now, the Keystone uh, Keystone State Skinheads, the four of those people are being charged with assault and ethnic intimidation. The number could be even higher since the last time I checked. Sorry for you know, my lack of journalistic integrity right off the bat. But um, these are just things that I'm thinking about. And I think that, you know, there's plenty of great resources within Philadelphia, like the Philly Inquirer. But I think that the Philly Inquirer, like other, um, you know, sources of information are sort of privy to the problem that they are biased because they have to say the right things they are an advertiser supported business and i really think that the only way that people are 
going to start getting some news and really have some commentary on the things that are really, really pressing in this country. And, you know, mainly in Philadelphia is what I'm going to be covering. But as if there is a non-ad based, uh, supported, independent community media that's telling people about what's going down. And, you know, I, you know, a footnote, uh, I, I might create a Patreon for this podcast, but in no means am I ever going to, you know, hold back any sort of content or, you know, like, you know, any media at all behind a paywall. You know, at the very least, the Patreon would probably just be a way for people to support the podcast if they'd like to. Um, but that'd mainly be it. I, I just, I, I really think that the bias of ad-supported uh, media and uh, journalism is kind of holding us back. And, you know, like I said, about all these things, about, you know, our, our schools are have been severely underfunded for years. 25% of the population of Philadelphia is living underneath the federal poverty line. And, you know, it's just, it, it amazes me how this isn't the front page headline on Philly Inquirer. It's always about something else. And, you know, it, it, we've all been severely upset by the, by these type of things that, you know, the, even over the summer, the PHA crisis, we had the encampment, and people really started to ask once it was out in the open, right in front of our faces before we could even, you know, shove it away and completely ignore the homelessness problem like many people have been doing for many years in Philadelphia. Why is the P why does the PHA still have a waiting list when you know, why do they why do they have a thirty million dollar new building when they still have a waiting list full of families? Why is the person that, you know, the CEO of PHA, why do they have a, you know, $300,000 uh, salary? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. I know, you know, a lot of people are probably upset about the potholes and how long I-95 has been done, but I feel like people are really starting to wake up to how we're treating our community, how we're treating ourselves. And the big question now is how do we build working class solidarity almost from the ground up. Labor has taken a big hit in this country. You know, it took a big hit during the Hormel strike, you know, haymarket bombings. I'm not going to go through the entire history, but we're here. And there's a ton of great mutual aid going on around town. And I just want to give people a way to access it. I know a lot of people might not be able to keep up with you know, all the different updates about what's going on around town and, you know, following a million different Instagram pages and, and whatnot. So I'm going to start the episode right here. And that's just going to be what's on the calendar. So this is going to be I'm, I'm going to try to follow like sort of a, you know, process. So just so you guys know what you're getting into for the first part, I'm going to be putting uh, I'm, I'm going to be talking about what's on the calendar. So mutual aid deadlines, stuff that people are doing that you can show up to to help out with. Uh, second on the list is going to be what went down. So that's more of the news-based uh, part of the podcast. I'll be talking about the Federal Detention Center, updates on that. 
uh, what happened with the Holiday Inn Express and Fairfield uh, hotels for COVID-19 within the city. And then after that, I'll be talking about new projects around town, things that have just kind of popped up or popped up within like the last six months or so that may need some help, you know, starting up their own mutual aid projects. And then after that, I'll be talking about Philadelphia governmental and political news. So to get started, what's on the calendar? All of this month, from now until January 25th, there's a winter coat and blanket drive going on. So if you have any gently used blankets or coats for women, men, teens, kids, toddlers, there's going to be collections for these items in North Philadelphia and Southwest and West Philly. If you're in North Philly, um, you can text 267-587-6493 and they'll help you out with dropping off your donations. If you're in Southwest or West Philly, you can text 267-325-2340 and they'll do the same. If you'd like to give a cash donation, if you can't make it out in person, that can be sent over Cash App at cash symbol dollar sign uh, D-E-N-E-I-S-H-A capital C. If you'd like to contact anyone before donating, you can reach the people running this show on Instagram at Gentle Gratitude Philly. It says on the flyer that this is their first annual winter coat and blanket drive that they're holding, so hopefully... We see this type of thing again next year. Sounds like a great project. Also, for all of January, there's the Morris Home Winter Coat Drive. They're doing practically the same thing. So if you're close to Morris Home, located at 5037 Woodland Ave in southwest Philly, you could drop off those items there or also contact them on Instagram at RHD Morris Home to learn more. January 18th. Uh, Monday, MLK Day, at 11 a.m. in Harrisburg at the Capitol Steps. Uh, many of you are probably already familiar with Russell Maroon Schultz. He's a political prisoner of the U.S. Some of his lawyers even contacted the United Nations over cruel and inhumane punishment committed to towards him while he was being held in the P Pennsylvania DOC for how long he's been in solitary confinement. It's been about... 22 consecutive years so a long time he's got a squeaky clean record uh for those of you that don't know he was in prison for a retaliatory attack on a police station after police in philadelphia killed an unarmed black youth if you want to learn more about his story and i highly suggest that you do how to write him a letter why to support his release you can go to bit.ly slash free maroon that's all lowercase by the way there's a vigil for Russell at the Capitol Steps, and there's probably going to be a 12-car caravan. It's a call for the compassionate and immediate release of uh, Maroon, and who's spent over 50 years in prison. You know, he's in there during a pandemic now, and he's currently going through radiation therapy for prostate cancer. So check it out. Uh, again, that's bit ly slash free maroon all undercase so also on january 20th inauguration day there's a nationwide inauguration day call to demonstrate against ice 
Hashtag abolish ice. Hashtag end family separation. Hashtag J20. Close the camps is kind of the tagline, but this is just generally kind of becoming a way for people to collectively protest against ICE on this day. Um, I would suppose whether that's through direct action or, you know, peaceful protests, but that's going to be going down January 20th. So on January 29th, Anakbayan Philly is hosting their art event, Artivism, a music slash art show on January 29th, 2021 at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. Uh, They're currently looking for artists and activists to showcase their talents and love for the revolution. (laughs) Signups are open to everyone regardless of affiliation. Uh, They're saying this is a space for passion, vulnerability, friendship, love, and revolution. If you'd be interested in this event, which is pretty much them showcasing different artists and also just to let you know, artists will receive 100% of the money they earn. Uh, entrance fees will also be waived for all performers and artists. And entrance fee proceeds and donations will go towards supporting their COC. Um, just so you guys know, if you want to sign up for this, uh, there you can visit their Instagram page at A-N-A-K-B-A-Y-A-N. Philly, Anak Bayan, Philly. Um, and if you'd like to sign up for this event, that'd be you'd have to sign up by January 16th. If you'd like to perform and or sell your art. And also, artists will receive 100% of the money they earn, just in case you didn't hear me the first time. So, <laughs> great event. They're a uh, great uh, Filipino organization that mainly just focuses on you know, like Filipino issues, and I think it's really great. There's a big history behind Anakbayan, more than I think I could sum up in one podcast episode, so check them out. That's at Anakbayan Philly. So from uh, January 31st, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m., there's a food drive for Philly. This is going down at the Temple University Bell Tower, located at the center of the campus, They're taking canned goods, non-perishable goods, pasta, can openers, water, non-expired foods, nuts, trail mix, etc., and juice. The food is going directly to the community fridges around Philly after the drive. If you can't donate in person, they're also taking donations via Venmo. And they're going to be providing a receipt of what they bought with donations. So if you want to find out more about this project, you can visit their IG page at DK underscore S-H-E-M-B-O, DK Shembo. So now we have what went down uh, at the Federal Detention Center. I'm sure that's something everybody wants to hear about. So if you haven't heard, on New Year's Eve, a group of about 50 people in Black Block, which is the tactic of dressing from head to toe in all black, went over to the Federal Detention Center and spray-painted things like abolish prisons and kill all cops on the walls of the Federal Detention Center. A window at the FDC got broken and about seven people got arrested, all of which got bailed out. Um, A sheriff's van got damaged while they were fleeing the scene. 
The damage for the entire night came out to just around $3,000, according to 6ABC. Um, just want to talk about that. I really think that this is the sort of response that we get after, you know, profiteering off of for-profit prisons for so many years. It's really ridiculous, but for anybody that kind of hears this information, I know it can be really shocking, but there are people out there that really do think that these kids, you know, shouldn't be in prisons for five years, 10 years, 15 years, for however many grams of weed. It's it's gotten ridiculous, and there are some people in the city that are really willing to stop it for legal <laughs> reasons. I'm not advocating anybody go out and, you know... <laughs> you know, spray paint a federal detention center, trust me, that for any of the feds listening in on this podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I think that that sort of response is, these things are going to happen. Uh, so also on that note, we love lore.com. Lore Blumenthal, that woman accused of allegedly setting a police, cru- a police cruiser on fire near City Hall during the Floyd Rebellion, um, you probably know them from the whole story of that one woman who got identified by the FBI because she had a shirt on that was sold on Etsy and then they trace back the orders. Yeah, so they're at the FDC. They're inside that building that got hit on New Year's Eve. And their website, welovelore.com, recently raised enough money to reach a $70,000 retainer for Lore's legal defense. So, woo. If you're wondering what type of legal defense that reserved her, she retained two very prominent criminal defense lawyers. That's Paul Hetznecker and Mari Snyder. Look them up. That's thanks to Up Against the Law Legal Collective, which got Paul and Marnie on the case almost immediately. If you want to support Lore and wish to donate to her Venmo to support her, you can donate via her via their Venmo at We Love Lore. And all of that money goes directly to their commissary fund. Also, one more thing, if you want to write to Lore, you can do so. Just check out their website at welovelore.com. And at the top of the website, there's a link to how you can write to them if you want. So another update on prison-related issues. The Philly Bail Fund was recently running a campaign to raise money to post bail for children held on cash bail in adult prisons. Uh, That ended on January 8th, but they went way past their goal, which was originally $50,000. And altogether, they raised $57,000 for that project. It was really amazing stuff. If you want to check up, on what they're up to. I'm sure you probably already follow them, but if not, you can find them on Instagram at Philly Bail Out. Refuse Fascism Philly. So, kind of really disheartening to hear this kind of news, but recently Refuse Fascism did a banner drop across the 22nd Street Bridge that read, Trump lost, fascist get out. This was after the January 6th event where the Capitol was stormed Of course, PPD was rolling squad deep. They showed up with seven squad cars and detained and charged the activists from refused fascism Philly. That didn't stop their momentum, though. About four days ago, they projected the same message with the projector onto a building near City Hall. They're fighting the good fight. If you'd like to support them or learn more, you can visit their Instagram page at Philly. 
So an update on the COVID-19 hotels at Holiday Inn Express and Fairfield. So you might have heard about this. The city of Philadelphia's Office for Homeless Services was operating two hotels for people over 65 with pre-existing conditions who did not have a safe place to stay during COVID-19. And that was at the Holiday Inn Express and the Fairfield Inn. Recently, through December 18th and December 31st, they started moving residents out of the Holiday Inn Express and into other sites which are not COVID safe. Some of those people were moved out in prison vans, if you can believe it. The Fairfield Inn is continuing to house the residents they originally agreed to house. There are a lot of problems with the new places these residents are being moved into. One has inadequate water heating. Some of them don't have working electrical outlets. Some toilets and showers don't work. Uh, One of the worst issues I've heard so far is that people with mobility issues were given housing on the third floor of a building while the elevator is broken. The city is citing a lacking of funding, but the Office of Emergency Management can apply to be reimbursed by FEMA for 75% of the costs, but has not even decided to apply for the funding. They could have applied for this funding back in May. Uh, The new sites are not considered COVID-safe by FEMA and will not be eligible for reimbursement, leaving the city on the hook for the cost, which could be as much as $1.5 million per month. The good thing is that it's actually not too late to turn this around. Mayor Kenny can still apply for FEMA reimbursement and use that funding to provide actually safe shelter adequate shelter and if you want to learn more about this whole situation you can contact act up philadelphia on their instagram at act up philadelphia they're going to be releasing updates throughout the coming weeks so stay tuned if you're in the gayborhood you probably already heard about this one but it's definitely worth mentioning so if you've passed through the gayborhood in recent years you may be familiar with the mural of gloria cesares A prolific LGBTQ activist, uh, yeah, recently developers painted over that mural in the neighborhood of Gloria Cesares. Uh, What I can say is it happened in the neighborhood. It's neoliberalism in a nutshell. But yeah, part of that mural has been painted over so far. And might I add with absolutely no announcement of this to the community. Murals are really... A cultural thing and they're important parts of community and the company just painted over it and they just don't respect that aspect of the community and the company in question is midwood investment and development currently there's a website up to shame midwood for what they did 344 emails have been sent already last time i checked so you can visit that that website at stopmidwood.com And they also have an Instagram, which is at keepgloria on 12th. A lot of support behind this one. Recently, someone spray-painted on the side of the building the words Dykes first, and then Gloria's name surrounded by hearts. So just a real quick uh, update, a couple of protests that went down over the week. On January 4th, there was a protest led by the Black and Brown Coalition of PHL and four others. The protest was a cancel student debt rally. The tagline was Biden owes Philly. 
That took place outside of the Joe Biden's Center City headquarters. It was a protest rallying to cancel all federal student loan debt. On January 7th, there was a protest at City Hall. The flyer read, Stop the Fascist Coup, Trump, Pence, Out Now. And on January 9th, there was a protest of which the flyer read, No Racist Fascist Coup, Yes COVID Relief, Reparations, Workers' Power. And that was also at City Hall. Update on the community fridge progress in Philly. Some guy stole the pantry fridge at 6 and Titan. Yeah, some guy just showed up and said, I'm taking this. And apparently with the intent to bring it back, um, recent updates on PHL Community Fridges page uh, showed that somebody who uh, lives around that fridge saw that guy previously trying to take the fridge and trying to steal it. So apparently this isn't the first time. Apparently they were also intending to sell it for scrap um somebody in the comments section underneath the post talking about this on at phl community fridges page said he was a balding middle-aged white guy average height so good luck finding him in south philly uh all in all the community fridge progress in philly is coming along great there's currently about 16 fridges around philly 17 if that guy ever comes back we'll say but it's a great Great, great, great project going on in Philly right now. Community fridges are popping up everywhere, especially, you know, places like New York, Portland. It's a great project. Also on that same note, PHL Community Fridge on Instagram is currently doing a program. This is really good, so listen in. So PHL Community Fridge on Instagram is currently doing a program where you spend $50 or less on groceries, take a picture of the receipt, Email the picture to Philadelphia Community Fridge at gmail.com with your Venmo handle included, and they'll actually send you a reimbursement for the groceries you donated within 48 hours. Amazing, amazing, amazing deal. Only bad thing about it is that they can't send a reimbursement through anything but Venmo, but if you want to learn more about that, again, the, their IG is at PHL Community Fridge. Uh, next, even more good news. Um, a Philadelphia detective is under investigation right now after allegedly attending that Capitol building protest over in D.C. I'm sure this surprises no one, but it is what it is. Uh, even better, the detective allegedly also worked in the recruitment division, and their job is to screen new recruitments to make sure they are fit to serve. <laughs> So far, the Philadelphia Inquirer reports that she's been removed from her position after Internal Affairs received some tips, and here's the icing on the cake. She posted QAnon stuff to her Facebook page, so there's that. And I'm sure she really hired some great, great people while she was a recruitment officer. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> so, keeping up in tone with that whole crazy alt-right conspiracy theory dream world uh the new jersey european heritage association ngeha got caught leafleting white supremacist propaganda in old city uh that was on uh the 12th and an anonymous source filmed three men posting white supremacist flyers outside of independence hall in philly uh disgusting stuff i'm sure that goes without saying uh, many posters like Black Crimes Matter, No Communism in America, 
And my favorite, Antifa is a Jewish communist militia. Uh, yeah. These people are a little out there. And it's really disheartening to see it happen right in the middle of the city. I mean, usually for, you know, say, like, a, for instance, Patriot Front, at least they're doing it, you know, in a small town or something like that. Leafleting, spray painting, whatever. But these guys were in Center City fully adorned with the, you know, skull face mask and cargo pants. So gonna have to definitely be out on the lookout for more of that type of stuff going on around Philly. It's scary to see it happen in Philly, especially at a time like right now. New projects around town. Uh, first up, we have South Philly Food Co-op. So for those of you unaware what a food co-op is, it's a community-owned grocery store. I like it rather than, say, a privately owned or, you know, corporately owned grocery store. I think it's a better way of handling groceries because, uh, honestly, uh, with a food co-op, if you're a member, you get a say in what's going on with the store that you shop at. And it's a, it's a lot more of a democratic process. Just last week, though, they reached over 1,400 members. So if you're in the area, go check it out. It's located at 2031 South Juniper Street. And you can also visit their website at southphillyfood.coop. Up next, we have the Landlord Watchlist Project. This is a new project hoping to connect vulnerable renters and PA to resources while shining a light on predatory landlords across the state. They're trying to shine a spotlight on predatory landlords. I'd say it's about time. If you want to visit their page on Instagram, you can do so at Landlord Watchlist. They've been doing a lot recently since they started just this past December. So far, they've held an event to contact an Allegheny County judge to extend the court order preventing eviction in that county. They're looking for volunteers and researchers. So again, you can visit their Instagram page at Landlord Watchlist. Check them out. Homies Helping Homies, Point Breeze. So over in Point Breeze, a fairly new mutual aid project, not too old, has a GoFundMe running called Homies Helping Homies. They're looking to do bi-weekly distribution pop-ups, and they've been distributing food since August of last year. So far, they've already raised over $7,000, so it seems like they're going strong. I'm excited to see what they're looking to bring to Point Breeze. Bunny Hop actually just helped them out by letting them use their little truck birdie to move all their stuff over to its new home for distribution, if you're familiar with Bunny Hop. They're really picking up speed, so if you'd like to help out with that or donate, you can visit their IG at homies.helping.homies. Coalition to Abolish Death by Incarceration Candlelight Visual So, the co the Coalition to Abolish Death by Incarceration also known as CADB, is a group in PA that doesn't seem to get a whole lot of attention, albeit I think they're definitely worth mentioning because they have been organizing a lot. And they're a group that's based upon the premise that no one should be sentenced to death by incarceration, as the name would imply. Death by incarceration being life sentences whereby the prisoner is sentenced to prison until they die. In PA alone, there are over 5,000 cases where people are serving life sentences without the possibility of parole. CADB is attempting to end death by incarceration and other harsh practices with three main legislative goals that they're trying to accomplish according to their website, which are parole eligibility after no more than 15 years, 
presumptive parole, so people are paroled at their eligibility date unless the prison administration can prove serious unresolved disciplinary infractions, and number three, a maximum sentencing law that will stop the Commonwealth from incarcerating people for indefinite periods of time. So why am I talking about them? Well, recently they held a candlelight vigil at Tom Wolfe's local office here in Philadelphia. About 20 people attended, one of which brought a sign that said Tom Wolfe has blood on his hands. Some were calling for the governor to utilize his reprieve powers for vulnerable populations due to COVID. Uh, one of whom specifically is, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Russell Maroon Schutz. So, reminder, that guy is 77 and literally dealing with stage 4 cancer. Anyway, the coalition wrote 23 demands, one of which was about Governor Wolf and his reprieve powers. One was about the Department of Corrections and their lack of care regarding COVID within their prison walls. Something to note specifically, just talking about the prison population in PA, Governor Wolf signed a temporary order in April that made 1,800 inmates eligible for release, but the DOC, Department of Corrections, only granted about 150 of those. Meanwhile, we have many states across the U.S. reprieving way more prisoners than we do. It's definitely something to, you know, take notice of. So, up next, Philadelphia and governmental political news. Not too much uh this week but hopefully there will be more next week that we can talk about as of december 22nd due to a pa supreme court reversal police cannot search cars without a warrant so the only exception to this ruling being if there is a probable cause to believe a crime occurred within the vehicle or exigent circumstances but yes you heard me right due to a pa supreme court reversal Police now cannot search cars without a warrant. So why is this a big thing? Well, it's a big change from the 2014 Supreme Court opinion in the case of Commonwealth versus Gary, which pretty much paved the way for warrantless searches in PA previously. So just to give you an idea, last year an inquirer, a Philadelphia Inquirer analysis found that Philadelphia police were searching more than 2,000 people a month on average Based on that policy, about 80% of those searches involved black drivers, but police found such contraband as guns or drugs in their cars only 12% of the time. Uh, another statistic from the Philly Inquirer, Philly police also stopped more than 25,000 drivers in five years based on an alleged odor of marijuana. Yeah. That is insane. I know. <laughs> so after an inquiry report on the practice about that last fall, the number of those stops plummeted. Absolutely crazy. Update on the rent crisis and moratorium. So good news for you if you're about to be evicted or, you know, at risk of eviction. The Philadelphia court has extended the moratorium on eviction lockouts through January 31st. 2021. To learn more about what your rights are if you're facing eviction or know someone at risk of eviction, you can visit phillytenant.org or also contact the local Philly Tenants Union. They're great. Highly recommend them. You can also become a member for like really, really low fee. And uh, you can contact the Philly Tenants Union at phillytenantsunion.org. 
or also visit their Instagram page at PHL Tenants Union. If someone is currently trying to evict you, give a call to the Philly Tenant Hotline at 267-443-2500. So that pretty much wraps it up, and I'd say not the longest podcast episode, considering it's about around 30 minutes now, but... Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, I do want this podcast to go both ways, have sort of a horizontal uh, sort of plane of communication. Contact me uh, through my Gmail account at phillysolidaritybroadcast at gmail.com. Email me. Let me know what you thought. If you have any mutual aid projects of your own that you'd like me to talk about, Um, I'll try to see where I could fit it in next week and yeah, let me know what you think about the podcast. If you think it's a terrible idea, if you think it's a great idea, maybe even if there's enough people that, you know, consistently write in to the podcast, maybe I could even, you know, do questions and answers, uh, you know, statements by people at the end of the podcast. And also, again, that's never a part that I would ever put (laughs) behind a paywall or something. I, I I can't stress this enough, but for this podcast, I want to be 100% free. And I want to always be available. And I, you know, never pretty much put any sort of information behind a paywall. Because as I said before, in the beginning of this episode, I know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. That things have just kind of not really been talked about for so long, like our poverty rates, which are astounding in Philadelphia, you know, the PHA CEO making $300,000 a year. And I really just hope that I'm not falling on deaf ears and that there really are other people out there. And I know there are people out there, you know, that, that really feel exactly the same way that I do, that we're upset that things have been going so wrong for so long and we've been kind of complacent in it. Uh, At least many people have. Um, But that's going to be it for this episode. Um, Hopefully I'll get back to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. And this has been the Philadelphia Solidarity Broadcast.